Hello, dear listener. This is the 475th sort of episode of Chatterbox Video Game Radio. My name's Alon. And my names are... Uh... Is that a new name or just a new style for you? No, you may be wondering why I'm talking like this. I absolutely am. So, I was on the Xbox Live the other day. And I was looking at Arkanoid. Arkanoid Live? Yes. Okay. And I thought to myself, this looks like a fun game to buy. That's not like you. It isn't. But I bought it. And then I played it. And then I noticed something. Uh, Does it run more slowly than the real thing? No. But I noticed that your high score does not count unless you finish the game. What? Yeah. That's what I said. I don't don't understand. Finish the game, like finish all 40 or whatever levels? 31 levels. Sometimes it takes 20 minutes to finish a level. So... You did finish the game at some point to confirm that it carries your high score? Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't understand why they do this because it's a score game and I'm not a robot. That's ridiculous. It is. My high score right now is 35,000 points. Do you know why that's my high score? No, you're going to have to tell me. That's how many points you get for Killing the last boss. Wait a minute. So your scores reset every time you die? Every time you continue. That's ridiculous. It's That's I even more ridiculous than I thought. I don't know what... Like, I'm just beside myself. This isn't the first game to do it, but it's not common. And I don't know... I've never heard of this before. Trigger Heart Excelica did a thing kind of similar to this. This is another... Probably no one's played it, but it's it's a shooter, right? Yeah, I've never heard of it. And they have like 10 achievements, let's say, okay? And about 8 or 9 of those are basically impossible for anybody to do who's not a cyborg. I just I just don't get it, man. So are you feeling slow? There's well it just makes no sense. There's the score's meaningless unless I can finish all thirty levels in one game. Basically. Yes. Like it's not even that it saves my high score. It just only saves your score if you finish the game. So if you choose not to continue, you let the timer go down, the high score that you had, yeah. not saved. It's it's like, what did you do? You've done nothing with your life. That's oh. according to the game. What's interesting is how big of an emotional impact this this has on you when having a high score or not also has nothing to do with your life. It's true. And so I, I started to think about that. And I realized that, well... I mean, Arkanoid's a performance game. It's about score. Your only record of basically how well you've done is your score. And it just, I don't know. It just makes no sense, dude. It's like somebody somebody at Taito was like, yes, since Arkanoid's been around since 1986 or what have you, We're just going to assume that everybody's been playing it daily since 1986. (laughs) And and so, therefore, you know, clearing 31 levels in three lives. Do you suppose it's a bug? For too much. I I mean, it's a big big mistake. So, if you want to call that a bug, you you can. But there's. It's just crazy, man. It's just crazy. Okay. Well, uh,. It it does seem to me like such a mistake that it's probably not intentional. You could get a hold of the developers. They might not speak English. Yeah, they're probably too busy um, finishing Arkanoid on, uh, in one game as they do on a daily <laughs> basis because apparently they think that's what they think. I it's, it's funny because I always say, and it's really common for when, when you're making a game, right, as a game developer, it's, 
it's a really, really easy thing to fall into where you think that uh, basically you overestimate people's ability at your game, right? Because when you're making a game, you get so good at it that it's hard to think about how a person new to it would play. And even as a seasoned developer, it's very easy to fall into this place where you have all of this like sub- almost subliminal knowledge about the game that makes it easy to forget but that subliminal knowledge is also what makes you so good. And so then when people play that haven't seen the game before, right, they end up doing much worse than you thought. This is why a lot of games end up being way, way harder than you could ever imagine, right, when you first play them. And it's it's a pretty common mistake to make the games too hard in this way. But this is like a whole new echelon. This is but- like a whole new... It's just a strange decision because everyone knows, by virtue of the fact that they put a continue option in the game, they know that people are going to be using the continues, right, and therefore losing their score or simply not completing the game in one go. And so they had to either intentionally make the decision, right, or, of course, not. And I'm willing to bet that the bug is such that they just don't put the record score command unless it's completed. Like, it, it accidentally isn't there. I don't know. It's got to be a pretty... I don't even know if I'd call it a bug, because there's... When you're picking... Because you get to pick, like, a bunch of different episodes, right? I think, like, the first one's basically, like, the first Arkanoid. The second one's, like, the second Arkanoid. Anyway, you can see your high scoreboard when you're looking at that, and it's got two fields, and one of them is high score, and the other one is total time. Right, and the total time is the time that it took you to get through all thirty-one stages. Hmm. So it seems pretty deliberate that they did it this way. Maybe, I think maybe they think the people downloading it are hardcore players. That's what I think, and it's it's so insane. I mean, we only give you the the courtesy of recording your score if you did it right. I just if you finished it, I just don't understand like why like it's just so cutthroat beyond belief. You know, I mean, it's one thing to make it hard, and it's one thing to make it hardcore, but you know, this this actually makes me think about new continue options. I think this is something, and I'm, I'm changing gears a little bit here. Yeah, that's cool. Um, so there's, uh, I think there's been debate, and I, I don't know that it's been very public debate, but debate for developers about how to handle um, continue situations in games that are converted from arcade to home. Uh, because if you just give them unlimited continues, well, then it sort of takes the struggle out of the game. It makes it less interesting because you're not challenging yourself, and you could just. It's like when I see people play, you know, the Simpsons arcade on emulators or something. Right? It doesn't matter if you do well or not because you can just continue and keep going. Right. Well, the typical thing they do, which I think is pretty good, is they'll reset your score when you continue. So. If you want to go for a high score, you got to play without continuing. Yeah, no, and that makes sense. And yeah. I think what you're suggesting is they would record your score where it was, and then you start at zero again. And if you get a higher score, great. Yeah. So some 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 ports, very very few, but I have I've uh, I could have sworn that there was at least one game that did this, but I can't think of a specific example. But I seem to remember that there was one that would actually basically remember all of your scores from all of your continues in a session. And if they, if any of those were high enough to go into the high scoreboard, they would make it anyway. Right. That's the nice user friendly thing. So w- what I'm imagining though, is a different, a different continue system because okay. it traditionally has been, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but it's traditionally been, you know, one, do you let them continue? If you do, how many do you give them? And sometimes it's adjusted based on difficulty level. Like easy, you get lots of continues. And hard, you get fewer continues. Yeah, sure. um, other times, you might get some sort of currency in a game and be able to buy a continue. But that's, that's not so much an arcade conversion game as, as a structure that's built into home-based games. Right. Um, but, but what if, since old arcade games are strictly for score, what if they had done something, which of course would not be native to the arcade machine, where there was currency to continue, but that currency was score, right? So 
if the game was on the order of tens of thousands of points. So you're saying spend game. score to continue. Exactly. So like if you continue, you lose. You don't lose all of it. You lose some of it, which which in the end means when you finished, you have one score from start to finish, but using your continues certainly hurts. Right? Yeah, I don't, so I don't like it. Don't take you to zero because like level 20 might allow you to get a lot more points than level 19, right? Yeah. And so if you... I don't know. I mean, I guess it would also presumably be harder. I'll tell you why I don't but... like it. Because you're basically um, you're basically saying that you're trading lives for, for points, but it's being done in kind of obfuscated way. Well, what I'm thinking is if a game is so score-based, then yeah. put the score in, in the people's, like in the front of mind, which I guess if you're playing for score anyway, it already is. But um, have you have to, no, you have to sacrifice your score if you want to continue. And that sort of... To repeat myself, right? Yeah. Well, I Brings still it to the front of mind again. Well, the other way you still do that, you're sacrificing all of your score to continue. Yeah. And this, but then it's like you're starting fresh. Whereas if you do it this way, where you lose some of it based on how many times you no, continue, I'll right? tell you another. Then you reason... still feel like you've gone from zero to finish, and you have one score the whole way. Well, that's. I mean, there's some value in that, but I'll tell you the other reason why I don't like it. Actually, introduces now like now there's strategy in whether to continue or not, and I just think that's really awkward. Well, of course. But if yeah. the point of the game is to get score. I mean, clearly you don't want to die. Yeah, but I don't want to like I don't also don't want to mix up the game of playing the game versus like the meta game of uh like st- strategizing whether I'm continuing or not and weighing that. Like it's just it's just a very very weird thing to incorporate the choice of to continue or not into game strategy. It's kind of really strange I, to me. I don't know, it seems obvious to me. Well, when you make your game, you can totally (laughs) make it that way. All right. We'll be right back. Chatterboxers. How much do you love Amazon.com? Since you're like me, the answer is a lot. And since you love Chatterbox almost as much, here's what I want you to do. Next time you get a new game, a pair of socks, downloadable MP3, anything really, go to helpchatterbox.com. It takes you to Amazon, but when you buy something, we get a piece of the action. That's good for us, and Amazon feels good because you didn't buy it from GameStop. Helpchatterbox.com. Remember it. Bookmark it. Tattoo it backwards on your forehead. And yes, all I'm asking you to do is buy stuff you are already going to buy. Just do it at helpchatterbox.com. All right, we're back, and I'm back to my normal voice. I'm so glad to hear it. Sort of. So glad. Because uh, I showed you how annoying it is when it goes super slow. Yeah. yeah. Well, so, I was hoping to convey some of the annoyance that I felt at the most retarded scoring system ever devised. It was sort of a strange analogy, slowness versus annoyance. But, you know, I see where you were coming from a little bit. Um, an annoying thing that I have to do on the show is remind everybody about UAT.edu, the website for the University of Advancing Technology, which in itself is not actually annoying. Just... Uh, just that I repeat it so often. Um, also, I suppose we should bring out a uh, memory of our Facebook page. It's there. Yes. Did you see someone Someone suggested that we uh, we should have watched the PlayStation 4 presentation before talking oh. about it? I, I forgot his name. What's his name? Whoever who? you are who posted. Uh, I love the fact that he posted and he's corresponding with us. But I was kind of hoping that if he was like guys missed something real important, should have watched it. I was kind of hoping he would fill us in on what we missed <laughs> instead of doing the normal internet thing. No, I mean, he responded to me yeah. and said But what did we something. miss? What did we miss about the share button? Because he was like, oh, they explained oh, yeah. how it works. And I actually didn't reply on our Facebook, but I'm replying right now indirectly. Was, how, it, was it out of protest that you didn't reply? You make it <laughs> no, it was just I was too busy. But I was just kind of hoping that you would fill us in on what we missed if you felt like we had missed something real important. 
uh, yeah, that would have been nice. But maybe he, he just doesn't trust himself to articulate it properly. He wants us to watch it. And we Clear. should. I mean, it does sort of make sense. It's Steve, by the way. Um, yes, thank you, Steve. Yeah. So anyway, our, uh, our Facebook page does continue to exist. It's uh, slash Chatterbox Video Game Radio. So you should go there, chat with us. I, I took a picture, by the way, of me playing your Vectrex about half an hour ago. Is that going to be up? I, I haven't posted it yet, but I want to. Um, yeah, that's a cool machine. Yeah. Man. Or as the non-gamers say, Vectrex. Is seriously? I don't know. I don't know how this happens. It's just one of those. I'm just going to add extra sounds into the word for no reason things. Okay. Well, I was playing the Vectrex, and I guess it comes with a game built in, which is interesting, by the way, that that system does, and the Sega Master System does. But it took Nintendo. It never has. Nintendo never has had a game built in. Yeah, right? Nintendo's not really the built-in kind of company, I guess. Yeah, it's strange to me. Um, anyway, I was playing the game that it came with because you said it was better than the Star Trek game that you had laying beside the machine. And then I plugged in Star Trek and I started playing and it's way better than the game. Yeah, well, Mind that's because Storm. you discovered the button that shoots, which is something that I hadn't yet. I mean, there's only four buttons. Uh, Look. <laughs> Don't try to change the subject here. Which is another interesting thing. That's four buttons. That's yeah. a lot more than you have on other machines. This is true. Um, They're very weirdly spaced. It's it's kind of like a Neo Geo controller, kind of, in a way. Yeah. It's like they're spaced like a joystick, but the joystick is like not really big enough to be like gripped by an entire hand. So Yeah, you definitely have to hold it differently or do something weird if you want to be... Pressing other buttons. It's, I mean, you can tell it's old, old, very old hardware. But, but anyway, I started playing Star Trek, and I thought to myself, like I imagined in my head as I was playing, playing it on the Xbox. Like say they converted this to Xbox Live Arcade, probably put some fancier graphics in there. I'd be like, this you game sucks. Get, my friend, you can't get fancier than Vectors. I guess that's, that's almost true. So um, I thought to myself, I was imagining playing it. I thought this would be super lame. So to give you an idea of this game, by the way, it's one of those games that shows a star field um, to, to give you some sort of reference point since you're a ship in space. And so as you move the joystick around, all the stars sort of rotate. Um, and, of course, ships come out of nowhere, I presume Klingon ships. Um, and you shoot them and they blow up, whatever. And sometimes they shoot missiles that you can either shoot or deflect. It took me forever to figure out that you could deflect them. Because these games, by the way, no tutorials... No, I mean, maybe there's an instruction booklet that came with it years ago, but maybe nothing to tell me what to do. But like, I'm able to press a button that just puts a weird square on the screen that, you know, shrinks and I'm supposed to figure out what that does. But I figured out what everything does. It was amazing. Um, Anyway, I'm picturing this on the Xbox or some other modern machine and thought to myself, that would be super boring. And I would just say, forget it very quickly. But playing on that thing, it's like, I just, I feel... Like I'm in space or something. It, totally, it just feels very different. And well, there's I, something I can't explain why. There's something really special about the vector interface, and it's funny. There's sometime in like 2000, I was at the Classic Game Expo, 1999. Jesus Christ! And I was talking to some people there, and I was talking to them about the Vectrex and stuff. And I was thinking to myself then, and I still feel this way now. I was reflecting about how cool would it be if the vector technology and if if you haven't you have to play something like asteroids like on the original arcade to understand what this means right these were these were tubes that were not rasters like rasters in other words like drawing pixels on the screen but they were vector TV tubes which means that there was a gun that literally draws straight lines on the screen yeah. And, and so, only straight lines. And only straight lines. And the beautiful thing about it is that they are – there's no pixels. They're literally vector lines drawn on the screen. And it's got – it has its own, like, special feeling to it, right? And I thought to myself, how interesting would it be if for some crazy reason, like in an alternate dimension or something, we continued to develop that technology? Because there's actually – I think that they actually got to the point where they could actually, they could draw colored vectors. Really? Yeah. That's and, cool. And so, I mean, just imagine what would be possible if they continued to develop that technology. It would be one of those totally, like, anachronistic things, right? It's kind of like using, like, um, I don't know, a sundial for, a wa- like, a watch or something. Yeah. Like Very steampunkish. Yeah, it's, totally. Uh, 
it's also weird too because so like again for those people who don't who can't picture it right it's uh let's say you draw a triangle the points of the triangle the the vertices would be brighter than the lines because you've actually got two lines colliding with each yeah, other overlapping because they're overlapping yeah right. so that that the gun is on that point i i presume for longer as it draws the you know the shape it exists on that one point for longer than in other places yeah that's what i'm thinking um or it draws it as three separate lines that overlap. I don't understand it exactly, but you get these like bright spots and you get trails because the the phosphor or whatever sticks around for a split second. And yeah, you sort of see your ship as thing. where it was a second ago. Um, it's really interesting. But the point I was trying to make is I'm playing that game. And I was like, I was I could have played that game not forever. I'm not going to pretend, right? But I I I was truly interested in playing it for the amount of time I was playing it. Whereas if you gave it to me on the Xbox, I would have been like bollocks goodbye right in in maybe two minutes why do you think that is i don't know i'm i really think it was the human interface element because it was old because i had this weird uh stainless steel stick acting as the joystick and also because i had to figure out how to play because there was no tutorial no instructions i have no idea what these buttons do it looks weird it flows perfectly right i don't know if you can if the concept of refresh rate exists it, it, it does. Must, it does but... because if, if it has to draw too many things, then you start noticing that the flickering starts becoming more apparent. And there basically there's bigger gaps between all the things it has to draw. So there's a limit on how much it can draw. Yeah, but it, it just feels really fluid. Yeah. Um, and it's just, I don't know, something about it was very appealing to me. I'm not saying like I would want to stick around and play this game forever or anything, but I'm just saying if you put this with the Vectrex format and the buttons that don't seem to always work perfectly next to the, an Xbox recreation of it, I would be more interested in the super old version, probably just because of the weird joystick and whatever. But yeah, it has, um, it has it was, a special kind of beauty yeah. to it. And I'm especially happy because I've actually, I, I just turned on my Vectrex for the first time in like six years. And it totally weeks, still works. A couple weeks ago, and it still works, which um, I is turned good. on turned on my Virtual Boy years after leaving the house and coming back, and there are you know lines through the screen, stuff that doesn't show up for no reason, right? I didn't drop yeah, it; nothing happened. That's it's really just, upsetting. Suddenly, it doesn't work. It might be unclean connections or something, but uh, you know, well, didn't I didn't do anything. The funny thing is, is I think that because I, I I have a lot of hardware that I leave at my parents' house, and there's so there, there's a mold problem, right? So if it's too humid, mold starts growing on the equipment. And then over here in Arizona, there's another problem where the extreme dryness, for some reason, also seems to tend to damage electronic components that you don't use for a while. Electronics? I've, I know that it might mess with the plastic housing of things. Yeah, I don't know why or how exactly, but there's, I mean, I have a bunch of consoles. I have a few that I had in storage. They just don't work anymore. They just stopped working. Yeah. So I'm I'm debating. My wife is basically um, cheering me to get rid of old stuff. You know, like old Saturn yeah, systems this is, and games this is and all a, that. This is the why, like when she like signed the marriage contract, there was a clause that said that this is her job now. Yeah. So I um I never will play those things again. Like I've come to grips with it. Like I would love to have one of those entertainment center things on the wall where I could plug in every system and get them all working. Right. But I would realistically... I would never do it. I just never would. And I'm starting to think that I should just get rid of all of this stuff. Maybe send it off to listeners or throw it in the trash or something. Like I'm just maybe a couple things I might keep. But Well, I wouldn't get rid of it. But it's funny that you mentioned that because I did. Oh, I tried to do the same thing when I first got this house because I was really into all my hardware. Tried right? to set it up to use them all? Yeah, I, I did. I set up as many as I could with, you know the idea that like i got all these different consoles and they're all old and you can play any of them it's you know whenever you want at random access and i just never did and you saw i mean you saw how i had those cubby holes each one with the console in them yeah that's where they ended up and then that became useless and then finally they got relegated to the back room yeah i i don't know i feel like i'm giving something up at the same time i feel like there's nothing to give up you're there's like a small piece of like your testicles is in those and so you shouldn't give that up i guess i don't know i i want to keep the stuff that i have autographed right because that's special hell yes but uh i don't know 
old Sega Saturns that may or may not work with memory cartridges that never worked well in the first place. Yeah. Like, what, what to do with them? Anyway, we'll be right back. thought I would get so much out of the Vectrex. I didn't. Neither did I. Yeah. But I never thought that you would be the one to teach me how to play Star Trek the motion picture. For <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, the, the combination of Vectrex and that game has got to be worth a lot of money to Star Trek fans. Like um, I, if I were to sell it, I would not sell it on eBay. I would find Star Trek people specifically and market it to them. That's, well, thank God I'm not selling it. I, I suppose. Anyway, um, I, I basically cut you off from talking about a bunch of stuff last last segment. Um, where else were we going to go? There's Okay, so a couple more things I wanted to mention. Um, I actually want to say something again about Arkanoid, but before I do that, I also, right, maybe I was in a fit of boredom because I was like, oh, I, I tried to buy Outrun. You remember Outrun on the XBLA? Yeah, although I don't know which version of Outrun you're talking about buying because there have been newer like more modern versions of outrun and i suspect you're talking about the super old school original arcade no 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 there's only one that came out on on uh, xbla and it was the later one and uh anyway i had the demo right so i was hoping that i could surreptitiously somehow buy it even though they said they had removed it from the store list but no can't buy it so see that makes sense to me i don't know why you were surprised by that can't well it makes sense i was just i was just holding out hope because it's really one of the better games i should have bought it before i think it's one of the better games on xvla and um i guess they just don't want my money anymore so but they, they made outrun for the original xbox though yeah is this is this that version i don't know i think it's it's kind of it's, i think it's a redo of that one a remake of possibly. a remake yeah all right anyway something? something i had a really crazy epiphany when i was playing it because as you know I've been training on Gran Turismo 5. Yes, and I'm still surprised that you haven't mentioned that there was news about Gran Turismo 6 recently. For uh, I don't really consider that news, but we can talk about it if you really want to. But anyway, right? I'm incessantly playing this driving simulator for the past year, okay? That's absolute fact. And I also have not tried to play OutRun for, let's say, about a year or two, Okay. Now, in this game, you use the, the analog joystick to steer. So there's analogness to simulate a steering wheel, but it's obviously not the same as a steering wheel. And the thing that totally blew me away that I did not expect is I, I, I replayed the demo, and I was like a hundred times better at steering all of a sudden. Wow. It was... I need to see what this demo is, because I can't imagine it being a very interesting game. It was crazy. It was I was so shocked about how much better I was at being precise. It was like it was like the whole range of, you know, the analog left to right movement like opened up three times bigger, right? So I was like suddenly like three times more precise. I know I just said a hundred times better, but that made me even more disappointed that I couldn't buy it anymore. Because I was like <laughs> like all of a sudden I'm convinced that it was because of, uh, somehow all of this driving with using two hands and steering a wheel back and forth translated to precisely moving my thumb in you know in a range of about two inches. Well, that was really surprising to me. I feel sorry that you can't buy the original, right? But um, I mean, I imagine this would translate to any driving game. I didn't think it would, but I think it does. Or, or paper airplane tossing games or Maybe. anything. Maybe. I was, really, I was really surprised. And so now I'm wondering, you know, what other activities can I do in my life to make me better at driving? 
in real life? Yeah, because I've already I've already proved that driving in this game will map to real driving on the track. Have you ever seen uh, Clockwork Orange? Yeah. You know how he, at one point he just stares at images real fast? I do. I do remember that one. I bet if you set up a slideshow to stare at wildly different images for maybe half a second at a time and just or maybe progressively faster and faster, it would probably make you better at driving or anything else that requires twitch and observation. Um, I don't know if I buy that. I think I'm, I'm going to have a kid soon. Because you're just observing. You're not actually doing anything in concert with that. Well, but I mean, there would be a challenge, perhaps a challenge of like find the uh, the object that the similar object in all of the images. Like maybe there's a red ball put into all of them. Yeah. And you have to find that as quickly as you can, right? So you're doing something. You're acting. Uh, anyway, one day I'll have a kid. When I said I'm going to have a kid soon, there's no news or anything. But one day I will, and I will put that kid in front of a slideshow red ball simulator finder, and he will be good at all sorts of stuff. Make sure that you tape his eyebrows open. His <laughs> eyelids open. <laughs> this is, I think this is a really good idea. They should do this to all kids. Maybe, maybe as soon as he's able to understand the words I say of find the ball, you know, as, long, as soon as that can be understood, I'm going to put him in front of that. Hey, whatever you got to do. My wife's going to gonna be, I think I'm brainwashing him. Yeah, whatever you got to do to keep from being bored. Yeah, and when he's 12, I'll be like, find the boobs, right? I'll just change the images oh, to make them more interesting. That won't be necessary. Find they, the explosions. There's a, we have a way of finding those automatically. <laughs> That'll, uh, my kid is going to be the best kid in the world. Now I'm suddenly interested in having kids. It's a good thing my wife doesn't listen to the show. Yeah. So um, let's see. Let's talk about something that doesn't involve offspring. How about – wow, I have so much in front of me. How about the article I read about uh, the Castlevania people not making a Wii U version and how this is indicative of the fact that Nintendo totally screwed up and will never be able to get a market with the Wii U just like they failed with the Wii so you got to tell me which Castlevania people, because that franchise... Castlevania has, Lords of Shadows 2. ...has it, been bastardized beyond well, recognition. There's actually two points I want to make with this article, the title of which, or the headline is, Castlevania Lords of Shadow 2, Skipping Wii U Due to Resource Restraints. One I'm point, not bothered by that at all, because I, know you're I not. thought that game was a pile. But uh, one point is the one you just made, where we used to be really excited about Castlevania games. They used to mean something. Yeah. And now the thought of a new Castlevania game flows over me like you know air in a tunnel. I, I don't care at all, and I think you feel the same way. Yeah. Um, but then I was digging deeper into the fact that they're not making a Wii U game, and if we can't get people who make a game on every system ever to make a Wii U game, then you know who, who is going to make it? Well, here's the funny thing. To me about the Wii U, and I don't know if this was an issue at all in this particular situation, but it seems like it's so highly specialized. This was kind of the problem with the Wii, that, I mean, I guess you could still make a conventional game, but it's so asking for integration on all these other levels that are new that it really just seems like you're either you're either making a game for the Wii U specifically, or... You're not making it at all, or it's going to be some kind of retarded port. I, I mean, call me crazy. I think Castlevania of all franchises could be done. Like they, Castlevania historically, and I know that they're developed by different people over the years. But Castlevania historically has done different things, right? So the first game was a simple side scroller, like we're used to a lot of. Yeah, things. but up until around, um, I don't know, around the 3D ones, they. Even though they did something different every single time, there was there was a certain right, like there was a certain set of values that Castlevania had that was fairly consistent in between all the variations. And then once the 3D stuff came out, those values were just kicked out the door. So like yesterday's let's garbage. let's play a little game design session. You're the experienced game designer, and I'm the one who just has fleeting ideas from time to time. Imagine this. Uh, a Castlevania game that is side-scroller, kind of like the originals or like Super Castlevania 4, um, stuff like that, right? So, platformer with a whip. Okay. And then there are certain times, or potentially any time, where the game is actually built in 3D, but you're playing it 2D style. Okay. You can look at the Wii U... So, you're playing on the TV. And then, either at certain points or any time, you can look at the Wii U screen, 
And then you're looking like first person style at, for instance, where you're going to throw the whip, where you might want to swing on something. Right. So you can aim, aim the reticle on the screen because you can spin around wherever. Right? I'm starting to have a heart attack. <laughs> right. Is that just quirky idea that some developer makes up and executes horribly? Or could it be a cool idea? Well, the reason why I'm having a heart attack right now is because, you know, if you're playing it, it's it's kind of gimmicky to me. I have to be frank. It sounds It's gimmicky. absolutely gimmicky, but I totally want to do it now. It sounds fun. Because I'd have no reason to look on the bottom screen other than, like, it'll, you know, it's just going to show me what's in front of me. It'll just be, like, a different view of what's happening. Well, not like that. I mean, so in Fez, for instance, yeah. Fez is 2D, but, of course, it has multiple dimensions. So, like, sometimes you start going with what previously was into the screen is now 2D, right? Because you rotate the whole world. Yeah. So imagine you get to a point where like you have to use the pad and you're looking now into the screen and like catching a hook with your whip and swinging. And so now you're going down a different direction on the TV. It rotates the world. So now you're playing 2D again, but you've got 3D on the game pad. And I don't know. I'm only having this idea right now. It's not well thought out, but... I want them to do something interesting with the damn Wii U. Well, let me put it this way. I really do believe that you could, without too much difficulty, make something really compelling and new and interesting using the new Wii U format that is a Castlevania game that respects the things that made the original canon so beautiful. You just don't think it's this idea? <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's that way. <laughs> I mean, you could, do, you could do all kinds of things, you know. Yeah, it's uh... it's disappointing to me because I thought to myself, what could Nintendo have done? Right, the Nintendo sixty four, I think we like everyone agrees, exceptionally popular. Yeah, right, it was huge. Like, think about this for Fez, right? Like, what if the what if that screen showed you like what the screen would look like if you rotated it right or left? Like, it gave you two extra views of the other sides. Maybe interesting. I don't know. It sounds like silly map screen to me, but I guess at the same time, it would yeah be important. So, getting back to my. My claim about Nintendo. Okay. Uh, with the Nintendo 64, first of all, it, it was like a total paradigm shift in game design from 2D to 3D. Um, so when they made Mario 64, it was huge. But they released it with the system. And everyone waits for the big Mario game. And game, it's ridiculous that Nintendo released the system without... And the same thing happened for Wii. Without a big game that everyone wanted to play. And it ruined them. It ruined the Wii for people who actually liked video games right obviously the, the Wii expanded audience and got players and it was popular even though it wasn't popular with anyone we know um yeah i guess they were banking all their chips on nintendo land and nintendo land did not become the cl- same as clearly nintendo land isn't a big hit it, right. it has it has no appreciation in the minds of people because it's a new game it has to be a sequel of some sort or in some sort of series no but and i don't need buy to that release, because, like, because the, original the Wii Mario. sports was like this huge that was a huge runaway hit, and that was totally novel, too. Sort of. It's, it's insane that they released a new system without a heavy herder. That's what I'm saying. And now no one's going to buy the system, and there's going to be no games for it. Are you going to find a master of science program in technology that creates thinkers who understand how business works and how to apply the technology? Where else are you going to discover a graduate degree in technology that is customized to meet your objectives? Where else in the Valley, on campus or online, can you study at the only private university that gives you the opportunity to focus in specialized areas like network security, artificial life programming, and game studies, as well as technology management? Where else? Where else but the University of Advancing Technology? UAT's graduate technology program is accelerated. It combines business with technology. It offers the flexibility to adapt quickly to changes that come in high-tech fields. Feed your brain. Lead. Manage. You won't find this innovative environment anywhere else. UAT, the select private university where you'll be fully immersed in technology. The experience is unrivaled. Click UAT.edu. That's UAT.edu. All right, we're back. It's Chatterbox Video Game Radio. Sponsored by the University of Advancing Technology, whose website is UAT.edu. 
Facebook page is Chatterbox Video Game Radio. That's our page, not UAT's. Um, you can also find our email addresses and things. Contact us, you know, on the website, same site, Chatterbox Video Game Radio. And, uh, yeah. I got something new I got to tell everybody about. Okay. Or Chatterbox Game Show. Do I even own ChatterboxVideoGameRadio.com? Good How do question. I not know our own website? Good question. Jesus. ChatterboxGameShow.com. Can't take you anywhere. Yeah. So you've heard of Bomberman. I have heard of Bomberman. You ever... Did you know Bomberman had a different name as well? There's a different game that was the same same thing? No. What are you talking I about? I can't remember what it's called now. I have to go look, look this up. I don't believe you. There is a bowling alley that I played in, you know, as a league or on a league when I was like 12. There was a game a lot like Bomberman that came out on the NES, but it wasn't Bomberman. Yeah, no, this game was arcade and it was Bomberman, but it went by a totally different name. Um, and See, I don't know if it was just like a ripoff by a different company or I'm if it was a Hudson I'm starting to think game. that you're fibbing now. No, no, not at all. Not at all. Um, anyway. All right, keep talking. What I'm getting at here, you ever, you ever hear of one of those ideas that once you see it, you're like, oh, yeah, this is obviously one of the coolest things ever. Why didn't anybody think of this? Yeah, like uh, five years ago? Like five years ago, ten years ago, maybe 15, possibly. So there's a website. If you go to bombermine.com, like mine, M-I-N-E. Bombermine? Yeah. Okay. You can instantaneously, in your web browser, start playing a massively multiplayer Bomberman game with like 200 plus people on the field at the same time. Uh, I read that it goes up to a thousand. It very well may. Yeah. But the last time I checked, there were around 200 people on it. Now, the thing is, what made Bomberman Bomberman is that you knew where everyone was on the screen and you could, you could know well, what was happening to them. Obviously, that's not happening yeah, anymore. That doesn't happen in this one. It's the, the game field is much larger than your screen. And so it, it scrolls as you go towards edges and stuff. It's, it's, it's really impressive. It's really slick. It's really cute. It's very playable. And there's like, you don't need anything. You just need your browser and you don't need to flip and sign up. You don't need to register. You just press the buttons a couple times and you're playing. Is it just like that? Is it like officially approved or whatever by Hudson? I have no idea. It's gotten a lot of press. I'm clearly they know about it, but, um, but it's a beautiful thing. You should check it out and then um, feel bad about not having thought of the idea yourself. It, it is weird. It is weird that nobody else had done it. I'm surprised nobody's putting in like patches or whatever and finding a way to mess with it like they do with Call of Duty and all that stuff. Where like you can just blow everyone up on the screen or something. Oh, well, I'm sure people are trying to cheat. There's never any shortage of that. What else do we have? I got uh, a couple of little things. I'm still looking for this Bomberman thing. Uh, give me a moment, and I'll find find well, my big well, while, list. While you're doing that, let's talk about the French and Fox News. We did, did we talk about that last show? No. I, I don't know what you're talking about. Good. So, do you know how much Fox News hates the French? Um, I'm sure a lot. They hate the French so much, and... It's hard to pass up an opportunity to make fun of the French. But even this is over the line even for me. I don't know why you would make fun of them. They have wonderful food. Their food is fine. (laughs) So there was a story last week on Fox News. I I guess it was part of the AP. I don't understand why this is a story. But the headline is French company releases video game depicting George Washington as villain to be assassinated. Is it Ubisoft making something? Yeah. Okay. What what game has Washington? This is this is nothing more than the DLC for Assassin's Creed. It's called The Tyranny of oh. King Washington, right? Uh. And it's actually it's it's a very very I think it's a really cool concept. You know, don't have to be pro-French to enjoy it or anti-George Washington or... Uh, or British. Or you don't have to be British. <laughs> you don't have to be like, like unpatriotic. 18th century British. You don't have to be a traitor to American ways to enjoy this. I don't, I don't know what they're getting at here. Not a Freemason? Basically, the no. whole article, all they say is they're just describing what it is. 
And then there's a quote, right? They're like, I can just imagine they're like, oh, how could we like dig up some dirt and create some kind of conspiracy theory where there isn't one? So they they actually went to uh, Washington's Mount Vernon estate and uh, interviewed the curators there. Like, hey, this game depicting George Washington as a villain. What do you think about that? Do you have any juicy comments for us? And they're like, oh, yeah. Um, we're acknowledging that this game depicts a fictionalized scenario involving George Washington, but we don't oppose this idea. And so that's what they're reporting. Thank God that the curators of that estate aren't opposed to this um, because probably nobody anywhere is. And I don't know why it's news, but apparently it's really important to, for Fox News so this, here's the funny thing. It's is because that, they're looking for sensationalism. Right? It's it's like one of those – they're looking and then it's so – they've so obviously failed to drum up any sensations whatsoever. And I don't understand what why they're doing this because it's like is this, is this trying to knock the French for depicting George Washington as a tyrant or this is just advertising for Ubisoft really? Yeah, I mean that's uh, all it's accomplishing. Well, and that's good, but uh, it's just Fox being Fox. I can't, I can't spend who, my, who deci- my brain cells I, on that. Things like this make me wonder who, in what place, decides that this is going to be the next news item. That this is really important. Uh, I don't know. I found out recently. I have a friend who works at Fox News, and we had a little chuckle over that. Yeah, it was explained to me that there are secret inner workings from uh, like test environments and things that are very pro-Obama, right? Just right. to sort of configure things and test stuff. But, of course, that's not what what Fox is about. But behind the scenes, they've got people who are not crazy Republicans working for them. And I'm like, one day just flip the switch and make it go go live, yeah. the real stuff. Well, someone's, someone's crazy somewhere. Anyway, what'd you find? So, um, oh, I found nothing about Bomberman. Thank God. No, but I'm going to remember it one day, and you will see what I'm talking about. Okay, I got one more thing. I wanted to talk about something that uh, an article I saw here from. Oh, geez, was it from this morning? What's What's today? Okay, I think today is the second. It is. So yeah. let me let me just do this one. It's real brief. Oh yeah, no, mine doesn't matter. Go ahead. Well, that wasn't. We don't have to. We don't have to click up the drama here. <laughs> I'm saying, I, I just want to get rid of this real quick. So you, you know, we all know. Remember the Sandy Hook shooting thing, right? I I do. Something really beautiful came out of this whole thing. And there's an arcade that they are making there. It's a nonprofit arcade. It's called the Sandy Hook Arcade Center. Acronym SHAC. Oh, I, that hadn't hit me. Okay. And this is an arcade that's just filled with family-friendly games. And I think that's a beautiful thing. Okay. And it is it located in Connecticut? Yeah. It's in Sandy Hook. Oh. And it's 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 sponsored and funded by lots of arcade game producers and video game people, and it's a not for profit business. It, is it arcade games or just arcadeified home? No, no, games? no. It's literally arcade games, and they're all f- totally family friendly, and many of them are legitimate, compelling arcade games. And this is great because apparently, according to some survey that came out the other day, sixty eight some percent of Americans think that video games actually negatively affect people's propensity to violence and i kind of feel ne- like negatively people, affect violence yeah yeah and i kind of feel like people people don't people kind of forget that there are games that are really awesome that aren't about blowing up shit and and blood and I say it's, asteroids is probably and, fair game in that arcade yeah i mean you can blow and up that is lines about and dots that's fine that's okay. family friendly yeah but inside those lines and dots that's a, a crew a crew of, yeah. you know, space-faring either aliens or humans. Is this how we want to spend in, the last the five future? minutes of this of the show? It just, just doesn't seem family-friendly to me. <laughs> All those little bits that are flying on the screen. That could well, be anything. One could, one could present It's all about imagination. Argument, no doubt. All right. So I don't know that we're going to be able to give enough time to this, but, but there was an article um, posted this morning talking about, I guess, how... EA is saying that the cost of development of games on the PS4 is going to be, I mean, they expect 5 to 10% greater than, than previous systems. And um, I know that games have 
become more in depth as the as the machines have become more powerful? No, they haven't. But the resources required have. Well, sometimes they have. I mean, you're talking about games that now can have bigger levels and therefore more assets. And yeah, on the production side, it's bigger. But yeah, but I wonder if the current gen to this next gen is going to be like that. Like we're we're not going to be expanding the space, the environment, and the assets. We already have very, very lush environments. And to go from, like, it, it's more work to bring your visual down to low low poly than it is to pump out a high poly thing. I mean, obviously, if you want to make something look super duper excellent, that takes more time. Yeah, I mean, it, but, it, it depends a lot of times, but I think this will be an incremental increase in resource cost, not a huge jump. Why would it be an increase at all? Wouldn't it be cheaper because now you don't have to work so hard to make it fit and, and run on the hardware since the hardware is so much more powerful? No, I think that still, I mean, there's massive RAM. So what massive RAM means is that games are probably going to use a lot more assets. And if the games are going to use a lot more assets, that means that you're going to have to produce more assets. And that's... I feel like we've already, we've hit the limit of what we want to produce in games. Like, it's not like, no, I disagree. oh, let's not put another tree out there because I disagree. it's going to tax things. I disagree. I think that we're going to still incrementally, it's going to get, things are going to get more detailed. There's going to be more textures still. Not a huge jump, but I think there will be a jump, and that'll be reflected. In All right. Well, I mean, time will tell, but I've, I feel like we're... For the games that are already huge, I feel like the number of objects yeah. that are exist well, in the world and need textures are not, already there. It's not going to make the game better, I'll tell you that. Yeah. So I think it's just... I don't know. I think they're already doing the work. Like Nowadays, when people make games, they make high-res versions and then release a low-res version because the high-res doesn't work on the system. But then when the next one comes yeah. out, they already have high-res assets. We'll find, we'll find ways to spend more money. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Anyway, I just have a hard time believing it, and I think it's uh, trying to be an excuse for charging more. Or for us feeling bad about them or something. Well, the corporations want to take any excuse they can get, that's all right. Well, thank you for listening. We will be back next week. If there's anything you want us to know, go to our Facebook page or email us. We'll be back. Good night, guys. You've been listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio. Tune in next week for more tips and info and the latest and greatest in video gaming. And remember, all your base are belong to us.